Hi, uh, my name is Finnegan, uh, and I am an online student of Environmental Management 1010. Um, it's super uh, great to get to talk to you today. I mostly wanted to just give a rundown of a couple of important pieces of information um, that we learned over this last module. Uh, kind of the key takeaways that I got from it and the things that I consider to be super important. Um, okay, so first and foremost, I'm going to be talking about urban sprawl and smart growth. Um, so just to kind of give you a basic rundown of what those are, um, this is the most uh, key piece of information that you're going to want to take away from this. Um, urban sprawl is unrestricted development of land outside a city. So essentially just means that just kind of, you know, planning it as it goes. There's not a ton of um, planning involved with the city. Oftentimes it's due to outside factors, um, and that's typically due to significant urban growth. Um, and that means, so when a population of an urban area starts to increase due to a number of push and pull factors. Uh, so there's a couple of different types of push and pull factors with um, varying degrees of intensity. Uh, you can be dealing with uh, new job opportunities. Um, that's a, you know, a pull factor. Um, but then there's obviously more type, more intense types of, of push and pull factors. So for example, um, push factors can typically include um, things like drought, mass employment, poverty, uh, things like that. And then pull factors um, revolve around benefits that might be present if someone migrates to the city. So you can kind of view it as if you had a string that, you know, tied to your chest and you're being pulled from the city or you're being pushed from the city from behind or to the city from behind um, for a number of reasons. Um, so you'll see oftentimes, especially in developed countries, um, there are they are related directly to environmental issues. Um, these push and pull factors, push and pull factors, um, they often surround sustainability and a lack of access to resources. Um, so, for example, this is something that was mentioned in our textbook, and I thought that it was um, super important thing to mention, just because it's a fantastic event, uh, example of uh, urban growth. Uh, it's uh, a city in Niger uh, called, I hope I'm saying this correctly, Naomi, right? So this city was very, very, very small to begin with. Um, and just over the last couple uh, decades, it has, I don't even know if it's been decades, but it's been a very short period of time, right? Um, the population, due to um, really extensive push factors, so famine, poverty, um, you know, migration due to uh, humanitarian reasons uh, kind of all moved towards this city. So there are now over one million residents, um, and that was in about 2000, I believe, was the last statistic that that provided. So, um, and all of these people, right, the, the interesting thing about the city, um, and it is a perfect example of how intense um, urban growth can get. Um, most of these people don't have houses. They're living in very um, basic um, spaces outside of this home. Most of them are intense. They don't have access to basic resources such as food and water and sanitation. Um, so their their lives are often at risk. Um, but for them, it's safer for them to be in this environment. It's better for them 
environmentally to live there than it was where they were previously. So that is like the perfect example, a bit of an extreme example of what urban growth would look like. Um, but essentially, as you can imagine, with this city, a lot of these push and pull factors, um, uh, sorry, these push and pull factors often cause large populations to move from one place to another, right? Um, however, these cities often that are existing here before, right, these smaller areas, can't sustain large populations. Um, this includes developed countries, this includes uh, developing countries for a number of reasons. I think oftentimes um, we just, people just can't foresee the reasons in which a city might become large, right? So oftentimes we're missing like very important parts of um, what humans need to survive, right? And so um, especially in developing countries, it kind of raises the question of um, what are developed countries, you know, like the United States? Um, what, should, what should they do? What should we do to help support these developing countries, right? A lot of the push and pull factors that these people are experiencing, I'm, I'm going to kind of push away from the idea, pull away from the, the phrase push and pull and kind of just call it what it is, um, famine, war, environmental you know, climate change issues, a lot of these are, are caused by, you know, pretty significant um, overuse of uh, valuable resources. <laughs> and that's, you know, partially the responsibility of developed countries, right? That that's the reason why those issues are there. Um, so oftentimes you'll kind of see this as a conversation of like, what are developed countries supposed to do? What can they do to support these developing countries? When they have these massive cities with very little resources, um, and they just can't they can't support themselves, they can't sustain themselves. Um, so, as I bet you can imagine, when you have a lot of people that are moving to an area, um, and this applies across the board, right? Um, urban sprawl um, significantly affects the amount of resources used, um, just in general. And so, urban sprawl, I think, is. Uh, pretty self-explanatory. You're just taking the word urban, right? It just means city and sprawl. So it's spreading out over a large area, a large space. Um, and so <laughs> when urban sprawl, right, is essentially just um, the rapid development, unrestricted development of land outside a city. I might have mentioned that before. Um, so, you know, it's really important that we mitigate the, the problems that might be caused by urban sprawl. Um, if we're expecting continued population growth in an area, or even if we're not, right, even if we're just trying to better improve the um, environment that we're living in right now and just the um, cities that we're living in, we want to start using sustainable measures uh, to improve that. Um, and so it's super, super important that we start to look at sustainable development um, or what's called smart growth, right? Sustainable development, smart growth for cities, those are kind of the same thing. Um, we apply those both to cities in developing countries and also um, maybe better established, more established uh, cities in developed countries already. Um, so take, for example, um, Provo, right? In an assignment we did this week, we talked about uh, Utah County, right? And Utah County is pretty significantly suburban area, so it's just a lot of like single-use family homes. Um, and we're essentially running out of space to put all of these in. It's taking a ton of resources. Suburban areas take up a ton of resources to begin with, um, but it's not sustainable. 
and so we really have to you know start to mitigate those um, those problems that are popping up where it's causing a lot of um, pollution problems it's causing traffic issues it's causing um, we don't have city centers for people to go and shop and do all their things with people have to travel farther right so that increases their gas usage to go from one place to another um, all of these things um, not only like decrease the quality of the space that we live in but it causes more um, resource usage it causes more pollution it can cause significant damage to the environment around us so like i don't know just say for example like in utah county there's like uh like a lake there's um used to be lots of like natural land that existed before we started to develop it and all of that is is pretty essentially gone for the most part um, because it's been taken over by um, homes and so it's just not sustainable it just doesn't work if we want to kind of try to mitigate climate change uh, so there is that um, so what can we do for smart growth right that really big question but there's um, kind of a set list of things that um, urban developers and the people that live in these cities should really look for when they are trying to uh, create a more sustainable space for these people, right? Okay, so these this is the list that I have here. Um, so we really want to make sure we're mixing land uses. We want to take advantage of compact design. So when it says compact design, that essentially just means oftentimes you're going to be building up instead of building out. So it's um, kind of like wanting more apartment buildings, less single-use family homes, and more more multi-space homes and things like that. Um, we want to make sure we create a range of housing opportunities and choices. So if you're, uh, you know, planning on adding more into a city or rearranging the way that the center part of it is designed, if there's not um, places for people to live and lots of opportunities for them to, um, you know, have different types of jobs, they're not going to want to take the job. They're not going to want to move to the city. Um, and that's essentially going to defeat the purpose of the smart growth, right? If you don't have um, diversity both in population and also um, just in the, the types of things that you can find there. Uh, another one is you want to create walkable neighborhoods. So pretty self-explanatory again. Just want to make sure that you're able to get from point A to point B without having to drive. Um, kind of just provides people a bunch of different opportunities as to how they want to get where they're wanting to go so they can you know saving money on gas but also ultimately it's decreasing the po or pollution in the area it's saving a lot of uh, traffic jams if there's more walkable neighborhoods um, and then you know that that's really important there we also want to make sure we're fostering distinctive attractive communities right you want to make sure that's feeling pretty unique that's important as well you want to preserve open space so that means lots of greenery if possible there's several cities in the world that are called garden cities and that just essentially means that they revolve around nature they revolve around green spaces because it's meant to be good for you know just good for the environment good for people um, it really helps you know help the environmental factor of why we want to do smart growth right um, it also makes the city beautiful makes it look more environment environmentally friendly and, and more more like you're wanting to live there right um, want to make sure that you're developing towards existing communities you want to provide a variety of transportation choices so like I said earlier um, it's important that you know people are able to walk from point A to point B if they want to 
but if they want to take the bus, they can, right? So not a lot of places have that accessibility. You can be in large cities and they just don't have a ton of access to public transit. Um, and that, that is a super, super, super important factor. Um, a lot of developing countries um, don't have uh, a lot of vehicles, but you know, as they start to grow, they, they do start to um, buy them and that becomes a symbol of um, growth and prosperity, right? But then the problem is, is that the roads can't sustain them, right? When you have a massive population and everyone has cars, you can't, you can't match that. There's no way that you can take care of that, right? So if we provide a variety of transportation choices, that cuts down on the number of people that are actually using um, single, like, vehicles, right? And then that also, of course, decreases pollution and helps our environment. Um, and it's also super important to make development choices predictable, fair, and cost-effective. Uh, so, of course, that, that kind of speaks for itself in that way. Um, and one of the most important parts of smart growth is to encourage community um, and collab or stakeholder collaboration in development decisions. So that essentially means that you and I um, should have a stake in what our city looks like, right? What our, what our goal is. Um, so that's us going to a city planner or the mayor or a, a city council and saying, hey, like, I think this is really important. I want to make sure that we're seeing mixed land use and they're taking that into consideration when um, they're starting to build and they're starting to recreate that space for us, right? That's super important. It's very, very, very functional part of smart growth because if you don't have that, you're not really building the community for the people, right? So that's what smart growth is. Uh, so just to recap, it's a lot of information. It's a lot of really important stuff. Um, but as we start to move towards uh, a world that's starting to see some really heavy effects of climate change, it's super important that we're building cities that are sustainable. We're, you know, when we're growing those cities that already exist, that they are using smart growth practices um, and that we're cutting down on the amount of urban sprawl. Um, and that should also, you know, help with those environmental issues that we're talking about. So, um, in regards to access to resources, so that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you so much for uh, letting me talk to you for a bit about this. If you have any questions, let me know.